I know you got the firepower. What's your favorite gun? Oh, man. Um, FNH. Got to keep that. Um, you know, I got the new mini ARs. But, you know, back in the day, it was the Glock. <laughs> I rapped about it every day. You know, the Glock 40. That was like my, you know what I mean? And um, I think that's it. Like, you know, you really don't want to do those, uh, 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 those, uh, 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 the vape bouquets. Like those, I, I don't know what that's for. That's like the, the Draco. It's just like, it's confusing. <laughs> you know why, this, why the Glock? Why was that your favorite? Um, it just it, it just symbolized it just symbolized safe to me. It's just like it's black, it's solid, it has a dope case, you lock it up. It, it just came the way it came in. You know, I've always been a, a a defense person. Like I'm about protecting me and my family, the people I love. So it, it ain't nothing that you brandish, it's nothing that you, you it's not for that. It's to protect. You know what I'm saying? And I just, you know, I just feel like it was something um this this um dependable. And, and plus you got their hair trigger, so you know. <laughs> Jeezy is one of the most iconic and legendary MCs to ever come out of the South. We're going to get into his difficult childhood, his thoughts on the war on drugs, MCing everything. Right now, let's do it. It's the snowman, Jeezy, on Torre Show. We all know and love you as an MC, so let's talk about hip hop. What do you love about rhyming? For me, it's therapeutical. Um, I've always been a visionary, so as I go through things, trying to get to, you know, to my goals, I had a lot of setbacks and and, and things happen that you have to use your mind to navigate it. And, and, and I got infatuated with adversity because it's like, you, you really could go through that. And um, I just started putting in the music because, you know, I used to write things down or write things that I felt. And I was able to put words together and I can feel and see what I'm saying better when I write it out. And um, I grew up loving music. So Tupac and all these different cats. And I just fell in love with, you know, you could tell that he was um, a revolutionary just by what he spoke about. So I, I was like, if I had a chance to do my thing, like what it would it be about? And I stumbled upon the whole thug motivation thing because I just would notice when I would talk to older people, they would ask me questions. I already had an answer and I was, I was um, confident about it. And that made him take to me a little bit more. And um, when I started doing music, people would be like, yo, your confidence, what you're saying, I feel you. I'm from where you're from. And I just fell in love with that, just that connection. And it was just like, it's a real thing. And I just never strayed away from that. So it wasn't about selling records. It was more about connecting with people and um, just being in the hearts of women, men, and children. And I fell in love with that. You know what I mean? Because it's the whole thing. It's how, it's, it's how I'm packaged. It's how I talk. It's what I say. It's what I wear. You know what I'm saying? It's just like all those different things together. That's who make what makes me special. And the fact that I can pull from my struggle and relate to theirs. That's what I love about hip hop. Like I, I love that this is it, it's, it's a we it's a us thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. From, from, you might not get it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? 
I love it. Um, um, you you said something really interesting. You said that you're infatuated with adversity. And yeah. I think most people like don't want adversity. We have goals. We just want to get there. I don't want traffic and hurdles in the way. What do you right. mean by infatuated with adversity? Because the people that you normally hear about that 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 make it, they went through the worst, and they just never gave up. Because that's the that's the that's the game. You just can't quit. No matter what it is, you can't quit. You got to just do something else. And it really dawned on me, like, because what infatuated me about it, and we'll talk about my show a little bit later and why I went that that route with the talk show, is because when I'm hearing these things, I'm like, damn, like, what would you what would you thinking when you're going through these things? And it's just like, if you hear anybody that is successful in their own right, they came from some type of pain, it came from some type of struggle, and it came from having their back against the wall and them doing something that they never did to become somebody who they've never been. And if you really like listen to immigrant stories, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm 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 very well traveled and, and, and open-minded. You hear these things, like it's just like I came to this country and I ain't have two cents. I knew no one. And now I own 30 restaurants. Like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I came here and you know, and I, I I didn't have anything. And and now you just sit up so well. And, you know, you come here and it's like America's like, you know, the, 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 the home of the free and anything can happen in America. But these are the people that go through the most turmoil. And even the people that were born and raised here and they're the true Americans, you know, especially like myself and people that look like me that get out of the slums and figure it out. It's like, if you really sat down and talked to them about some of the things they went through, you wouldn't believe it. Let's talk about some of the things that you've been through because it was right. single parent coming up in Atlanta, right? N- not much money no, going not, through it. What, what did, and now look at you, right? American right. dream. How did you right. get from the kid who just you and your mom, really nothing's going on, no, not much money. How did you get from that to just even being an MC? I tell people all the time, and I, I, I think that they don't, really get because I'm not I'm not that great like it's not me it, it, it's the gift I knew at a young age like that when, when I was in my mom's house I, I helped my mom get her first home it was a my father and my mom divorced we got our first home it was a $3,500 trailer it wasn't it wasn't big enough to think you know what I'm saying if the wind blew it probably it was 10 it, like, you, I don't know if you know about like the 10 like like 10 foil but it's like 10 and the, when the wind blow you hear and you know, I bought my mom that trailer and she, she called it home and she was cool with it. And she was so happy. And I'm just like, wow, like this ain't it. And I was already on a mission in my mind in like like elementary and middle school on how to do better and how to make myself better. Like that was my whole thing in life. I, as, a young, as far as I can remember, I had this burning sensation in my stomach on like, how can I be better? How can I learn more? And even at a young age, I didn't like to have conversations with people unless I can take some away from 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 the conversation, because other than that, like you, you, we just talking, and um, I, I just set out on a path, and I, I I told myself, you know, no matter what the circumstances, what matter, no matter what the consequences, I'm gonna do what I got to do to get my mom out of this situation and to put myself in a better situation, and the people around me, including my sister, because I ended up putting her through college. And I didn't get a chance to go to college or school because I was hustling to put her through college. When did you start so, hustling? Um, when when did you start in the street? Uh, maybe around 11, 11, 
was when I really, you know, I, I was dibbling, dabbling, you know, little small things here and there for my cousins and uncles, but I didn't really get full-fledged in until I was about 11. And I told myself when I jumped off the porch, I was like, there ain't but one rule. You can do this, but you got to be smart. You got to know you got to have an end goal and you cannot get caught. That, that's it. So you have to use what you've been given, which is your sense. And I have great, like I have great judge of character when it comes to people. And I have great skills when it comes to visualizing things and how it should playing out. So meaning like, I know in my mind, if you tell me tomorrow we're going to Belize <laughs> to do something, I'm going to already see in my mind what can be done while we're there and with then who's your team. It's like a whole, <laughs> it's like a whole thing with me. And then I go, okay, cool. I got it. All right, it's cool. We do want to believe. So I know what to do if something go left or if it go right. But that's a gift I have. It's, it's, it's really a gift. So for me, um, to answer your question, like, it, it was understanding, you know, when I got in the streets, you know, not to get caught up and to make the best out of it. And here we go again, full circle. The music was what was giving me the knowledge that I didn't have because I didn't know I didn't know what not to do and how to do it and you know what I'm saying so I'm just listening to what Master P saying I'm listening like okay that makes sense I'm listening to what Tupac saying so I'm just getting all this information and when I'm sitting down talking to people they're like damn like you smart and I'm like you know I, I like that you know what I mean so I listen to more <laughs> and then I start asking adults real questions and asking my cousins that was older than me and that was really doing it real questions like you know so wait, when did you start saying Okay, I'm heavy in this, right? But I I might need to do something else because because that game you knew from the beginning this right. game does you don't retire from that game, right? No, I, I I'm, I'm gonna be honest like that's a whole nother conversation. I had so many close calls like it, it was even real and and I realized like and I mean like real ones you know what I'm saying like and I realized that it was something different because I was watching you know people around me get indicted. And, 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 and I'm talking about, like, you're talking about 120 people at one time that I was running with every day, get indicted. And the only thing that saved me was the fact that I was in a studio most of the time. You're talking about situations where things happened that I was just five minutes I left right before it was, it was raided. Or, you know, it was so many different things. And I'm just sitting there one day and I'm like, God, it, it, he's, he's taking me out of these situations because he has a bigger plan for me. Because it wasn't nothing that I was doing that was so savvy or so smart. It was just more so like, that ain't for you. But I'm like, how do I still be who I am and do something that I can do? Because I, I got a sixth grade education at the time. You know, I got my GED when I was locked up. So how can I do something that I can do and be successful that's not going to take me away from who I am? Because this is all I know. And the more things that started happening, I was like, yo, I'm just start putting my money in music. And I started off as a CEO. So I, I went and bought all this studio equipment, went and signed some homies in the hood. And I was sitting in the studio with them every day trying to help them come up with records. But they was gang banging and going through all this shit. One of them got killed. The other one ended up killing somebody. He's still in prison now. And the other one just was like the hell with it. And I'm sitting there and all my money's tied up in the studio. And one of my homeboys look at me is like, well, your life's the one that's real. Why don't you do it? And I'm just like, you know what? I know I'm going to give it my all. I think I'm going to try for it. And I just started, you know, going in the studio, trying to make records. And it was hard because I'm not, I'm not a musically inclined person to where I can go in there and know what a song format is. I don't, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like 
So I just trial and error and trial and error and trial and error. But what I did know is that I was solid. So if I figured it out, then once I got the music to a place where it was like, cool, then I started using my hustling skills. Like, okay, what do I do if I want people to buy into what I'm doing? The marketing you had, but you had to get the musicality. So when you were developing as an MC in those early days, trying to figure it out, who were the MCs or the musicians who were in your mind, who were influencing you that led to the style that you have? Well, I, I loved Cash Money at the time because of what they represented. And I knew that watching them do what they did, they was like me. They was from the hood. Were you more, as an MC, more Birdman than Wayne? Yeah, yeah. way more Birdman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, now, that, Wayne, that Wayne seems was, to be more who you are as an MC. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne was the Wayne was like, I, I was a fan of Wayne growing Wayne's up. Wayne's incredible. Like, was, yeah, he was, he was Wayne, Juvenile. And, and you know who else really? E-40. Because when Be Legit and they had to click, that was what I was riding. That was like my... my that was like my 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 motivation music because I'm like I'm hearing what they're talking about and I'm feeling it. And I'm like, yo, like this 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 is who I am. And the more I gravitated to it because it's crazy. Like I grew up on UGK and I'm one of the first features I got because I just knew some street cats uh, uh, that knew him and I was seeing the club when I was out and I called. Him, I was like, yo, Big D, like you think you can get Bond to do a song with me? He was like. Yeah, if you're going to give him the money, I like, shit, pull up. I got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I gave him the money. And it was like, I wouldn't have bought it wrong, too, though, because I had bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was really getting money. Like, I was, like, anybody that know me know I was really getting it. Like, I was first cat in the hood with the Lexus bubble, the Expeditions on Mickey Thompson, like, you name it. Like, the BMW station wagons. But what I was doing that was wrong was I was actually spending money. So this one, Lil John and all them was hot. Like I was giving Lil John to tell you, like he, I wanted to beat from Lil John because he was hotter than fish grease. And he charged me yes. like 50 racks. And I took him $50,000 in a grocery bag. I remember it's like a, a Kroger bag, like a plastic bag. And then it would be like, I wanted a version Pastor Troy. So I had to give him, you know, 20 piece. You know what I'm saying? So I was really just like dissing out all this money and it wasn't working. But what it was doing was letting people know that I was serious about who I was and that it was real. So when I figured the music out and it went with who people was knowing me to be, it was like, okay, well he is solid. And what happened was I went to this club on the East side. I made this, this mixtape called the streets is watching with DJ drama. And, and that's a whole nother story. Cause he didn't even want to do a tape with me. I had to convince him over like three years and we finally did the tape and I had some bread put up and I was like, I'm about to spend all this because I'm about to blow up. And I started going to buy CDs from this guy who was pressing CDs. And what I would do was buy 100,000 CDs at a time. And they had this event in Atlanta called the Birthday Bash. And it's like the biggest thing in Atlanta for the radio station. All the people come there. And there's normally like 30,000, 40,000 people there. And so what I did was paid all these people to stand outside the Birthday Bash and pass out my CDs. And then there was a party that weekend at this club on the east side called a primetime. And I, with my team of people I paid, went to that club and passed out CDs to everybody in that club. And once I saw that there was people that was really in that club that was frequented, I went there for the next three, four months every Sunday to that same club and passed out my CDs. 
and said they called me for a show. They're like, we don't even know who you are, but everybody's playing your, your music. And that's when I was like... <laughs> yeah, you blew up fast. And I want to I wanted say something real, right? Because I'm from the early, early days of hip-hop. Grew up right. listening to every cassette from the beginning. Um, and I was a real New York snob. And there were a lot of us who were like, Psh, West Coast, whatever, South, right. whatever. And when you blew up, a lot of New Yorkers could still be real snobby about it, like, Psh, whatever. And, and nobody thinks like that anymore. And when you were first coming up, I was like, yeah, he's all right, but he rhymed real slow. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of New Yorkers said the same thing. And I know you mm -hmm. heard that before. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, people loved you even no matter what some of us were saying, right? So we were right. wrong. But I wonder what you say to somebody like me who is being a New York snob who's like, yeah, Jeezy's cool, but he rhymes really slow. Right. Well, the thing that I had, it wasn't about the music. It was about the package. I spoke for hustlers. I spoke for people who was ambitious that wanted more than what people around them thought. It was like what Jay-Z was talking about. Like I was listening to Ain't, Ain't No Nigga in the Trap. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people are like, what the hell are you listening to? I'm like, yo, this is Jay-Z. He, he talking about things I, I couldn't even envision. If you ain't on the same flight, if you ain't getting manicures, like I can't even, you know, go around the, the, the block in my old uh, Buick Regal. And he's talking about these things. I'm like, damn. So what, what I'm saying is, and the reason why even me and Jay connected so well is because we speak the same language. It's not about the music. It's about the package. It's about how you come your demeanor, what do you say, how you carry yourself. And it goes, he might talk slow, but I understand where he's coming from. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I get yeah. it. Like, yeah. he, he, he's the one that sticks out. You, if you go in a neighborhood, <clears throat> you can see the person that everybody looks to for leadership. He's not, he doesn't even know he's the leader. He just, ha he's packaged right. He, he gets it. And for me, I got it. And I stuck to my guns because at that time, music was crunk. You had a little scrappy. And in all that whole movement, then it was snap. And I had the slowest music ever. Like Trap or Die was slow. But when it did take off, when they played that mixtape in the clubs, you would have three, four thousand people reciting every word just because I talked slow and they understood what I was saying. That was a you big, <laughs> big difference right. that that the South had and the West had that you rhymed slow enough that people right. could learn the words really quickly. Right. You know, not, Nas, not only so, learn, go ahead. Not only learn, feel. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They felt me. They're like, damn, you know, like, okay, okay. It's the package. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do I believe him? Well, let me ask somebody, you know Jeezy? Oh, man, yeah, yeah, he, he uh, well, that's all it take, penitentiary. Yo, yeah, your man Jeezy, I yeah, you know, I'm in here with his man. His man doing 10. You know what I mean? He say he, say he like that. That's all you need is the package. I mean, we definitely <laughs> definitely believed that you were who you said you were, right? right. There were definitely right. MCs was like, I don't know if he's really doing all the stuff he's talking about. But we definitely right. believe he he's real. So that's what you're talking right. about with the package. Package. And then what I'm saying is, it's like word of mouth. It's like if you don't check out, People are not going to believe what you say, but if somebody from Baltimore that's really just known for being solid go, oh, no, I rock with him. He, You know, I know some of his people. You got the whole Baltimore just off that. Right. One word. That one cosign gets you the whole thing because that's who they respect. You, you see what I'm saying? It's the package. It's, it's like 
you can be the music, but if I don't respect you, I'm not telling nobody to listen to what you're talking about. But at you know some point, but at some point, you got to be able to go in the studio, hear right. a beat, get in the pocket, and make us feel you as an MC. And what was the point at which you were like, okay, I I, I got this MC shit. Like I feel like I'm like I'm not trial and error anymore. I know right. I'm 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 here. Well, when I saw what was starting to happen in the streets and what was starting to transpire, and I just felt the energy shift. Like it was like it was fun. It was cool. It was that and then he started saying like oh it's about to be some real time giving out around here I could see it like you know when, when them indictments start rolling around and shit start getting real to be honest with you I went in and when I did Trap or Die and some of Thug Motivation if I'm honest I didn't think I was going to be free in time for it to come out or live so I gave it everything I had. It was like, if if I'm never heard again, they got to hear this. And when I got my deal, this is no lie. I told them this the other day when they asked me about that. I was so passionate and, and, and so not so uncertain about how I was going to play out. I had a lady that worked with me and I was going up to Def Jam when I first got my deal right before Thug Motivation because I had like most of it recorded already. And we was on this flight, me and her. And um, she was like, well, I brought your drive so that you can go to the studio and knock some of this stuff out that you need to st- knock out. And I lost it. I was like, you telling me that my vocals and my drive is on the same flight as me. If the plane go down right now, ain't nobody going to hear this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, we, we both going to be gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how passionate I was because I was like, I just want the world to hear what I got to say. Like, they, they got to feel me. And um, That is the most incredible mindset going into an album that I'm not sure I'm going to be free or alive. Nah. So oh, I'm going to nah. put every, Everything. this might be my last will and testament. So Sit. I'm just going to, like, I have no fear. I'm just going to say everything. Which was why a lot of the resistance came because it was just like, is he dry snitching? Is he telling on people? It's just like, it's like, no, nah, this is all I got. I'm not a carpenter. I can't tell you how to fix a house. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know nothing about the cars. You know what I'm saying? But I am from the streets and this is what I see. This is what I know. And this is a soundtrack to everything that I'm going through and everything that I see, even if the people around me don't see it like this. And when it happened and it blew up, I, it, it was a shift. I felt it. And, and, and that's why I go about the things the way that I do, win, lose, or draw, because it ain't me, it's the gift. I was elected to do this. Like, I, I didn't do, I didn't come in and just say, yo, this is how I'm, the people put me in this position. You know what I'm saying? So I feel obligated to be straight up with them. And I can tell when I'm not, because they're not, they not buying into it. Like, you could tell when you're not doing, saying what you should do, because people are like, no, nah, I don't really. See, that's you know a great MC when you feel like you are a representative of the people, Absolutely. right? Like I, I, I stand for, you know, the North side of Atlanta or the South side of Newark right. or, you know, Brooklyn or whatever. Like, so I got to tell you what it is and show you in the videos what it is in my hood, because I am a represent, I'm like a Congressman or a Senator for right. my community. But the thing about it was, it was a little bigger than that. I had become the hood president, if you will. I, I, I was the Barack Obama of the struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's like I was the guy. And everything I did had to uh, uh, apply with that. So it was a real responsibility that I took seriously. And that's why I wasn't afraid 
to evolve because I'm like, you put me in this position to lead. I understand that. I'm going to do that. And, and I'm going to be very responsible about everything that I do, including making myself better. Like, I came in the game smoking, drinking, all that. I was like, hold up, this ain't it. Let me figure this out. And I started figuring certain things out. Okay, I want to be around. I want to be healthy. I, 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 let me figure it out. So now, if you see it, people are not scared to take some of those turns because it was like, either you doing what we doing, you're gun toting, you're running with 100 people, you're doing that, do that, and that's it. And then you die. Is it. We saw it. Tupac. It stopped there for me. There's nobody after that that I feel like I respected more. But what I do know is that people never took into consideration. Tupac was in the theater. He was in the poetry. He was in the acting. He was in the he was in the uh, he, he was in the activism. He was in, he was in so many different things. But we just respected his music. We didn't see what a gift he was because we were so caught up in his thugging, and he was only thugging for us. And it took his life. But he could have been. You know, it could have been Machiavelli on Broadway. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. we ain't let him do that. Mm -hmm. We boxed him in. So for me, like my whole thing is watching that and coming from the streets and knowing that I've seen people before me make mistakes. I don't want to make that same mistake. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do everything that I feel like I need to do as a representative of the people because they got to see if you want to do a talk show, you do that. Well, I, I, I want to talk. I want to talk about your show, right. but but. I want to hear about how do you write a rhyme? Are you in the phone? Are you pen to paper? Mm -hmm. Are you straight off the dome? How do you right. do it? Well, this project in particular, um, I wrote everything. On um, paper, on the phone? On the paper. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today 
and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. On paper, my better half gave me a, 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 a notepad when I got off the plane. Brand new notepad. Ain't have nothing so, in it. So is it like the producer gives you, you know, some beats and you listen and you write or you write nah, in the studio I was, or? I was, well, this one, like, like when I'm no, I, when I know I'm in pocket, I go in with the theme. Like I go in with how I feel. Like I knew this felt, well, I'm, 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 I'm writing this while I'm watching news clips. Riots, riots happening. I'm watching this. I'm writing this while I'm running up the street to go, uh, to participate in the march. You know what I'm saying? Speak to the people and march with the NAACP. I'm writing this when I'm talking to the mayor of Atlanta because she wants me to sit down with Joe Biden. I'm writing this when all these things are going on. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. And, and that's what's coming out of me because it, it's, 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 a, it's a theme now. It's like, no, you, you, you have to embody what comes with that. And that's bigger than just being an artist or an MC. So the things that you're pinning up, you know what I mean? They have to be your true feelings. And, and what your true emotions are. And for me, you can't just think that and say it. You have to write it down and look at it. It's like it's like writing a poem. You know what I'm saying? You got to write it, revise it a couple of times, and you got to feel it as you say it, and then the next person to read it and feel how you felt. It was that. It was like, I couldn't just put words together. They had to mean something. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? So when you hear, oh, Lord, and me come in, my mama's still sick, I'm giving you an update. Like, I'm still going through shit. You know what I'm saying? Ain't shit too. Ain't shit new. Ain't much change. The hood's still blue. You know what I'm saying? They catch you off the Wendy's. They might kill you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just you you, you just put them in the, like it's like the opening credits to a movie. This is what's happening. I'm, I'm opening the film. It's opening up, and here we go. It's it. We in this, and you in it with me. If you feel me, and it was like knowing that you know, um, you know, uh, uh, uh. uh when you tell them Black Lives Matter until until you need a loan, you know those those are real those are real quotes. You know what I'm saying? We can't we can't vote for Trump because he don't feel us. We can't joke, vote for Trump because he's gonna kill us. You know what I'm saying? Like that's real. You know what I'm saying? You know, like young young thug daughter. Uh, I said we motherfucking tired, dear Mr. President. You motherfucking fired. Get your ass out of here. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? And that's before he lost the election because I know it's happening. You you might not see it. He's ass out of here because he's not the right person for the job. And I'm saying, you're saying that. That's my truth. A lot of people might not agree with me, but I saw that before it was going to even happen because of what was going on and what's transpiring. And us as a culture, we so caught up in this internet and this Instagram and all these things, we forget that Four months ago, we was out here fighting for our lives. People were buying stuff to get ready to protect their families. But as soon as something good happened, it's kumbaya, we forget about it. So I don't want to let you forget about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to bring you to speed. I want to tell you, hey, this is what's going on, and I'm going to open this movie, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to uh, talk about when, it on every level. When you, when you, The way you talked about your, your, your style right there, you remind me a lot of Ice Cube mm. and the way that he would make movies with his words and get pictures yeah. and really try to make you feel it. Is right. he one of your influences? Well, Ice Cube got two songs I'll never forget. It's called What Can I Do? And um What Can I What 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 Can I What I think it's What Can I Do? And um um is one more we talk about um uh you know how we do it. 
and he painted this picture about, you know, he's just painting these different pictures. And the difference, I think, between the two is he had a militant mind state on, you know, being a gangster. I got a militant mind state on being a black man in America and having to do whatever it is you got to do to survive. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the difference. Like, clearly to me, my message is, listen, listen, you got to evolve somewhere. You got to figure it out. It ain't no, ain't no playbook. Ain't no, ain't no mentors. Ain't like, you got to figure it out. But this is what I know about it. And I'm giving it to you. And back then, Q, to me, put you in a sense of, I'm not going to let my own kind harm me because I'm a G. I'm going to stand up for mine. The game is switched. It ain't our own kind, even though that's still out there. It's, 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 it's the enemy coming now. It's, 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 it's racism. It's, it's, it's politics. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's different now. Like, it's a whole nother war. It's the us, cops. You know, the war on right, drugs. Right. It's, it's, it's just all these things coming at you now. So I just want to give you all the tools and, and the resources that I have. So I think that's the difference between the two. But, like, that, that you know how we do it and what could I do is, like, two of my favorite Cube songs ever. Tell me. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth Taylor. The first. Elizabeth the first, the podcast, wherever you listen. About who are the top five MCs who make you feel it the most? Not necessarily the best, right? Different right. than that, but who make you and I and you keep talking about Pac, so I'm I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna put Pac number That's one because he really uh, gets it into uh, your heart. But who Pac, who else? Jay. Jay Jay-Z. definitely. Yeah, he, 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 when he's in pocket, like American gangster, I was just like, okay, I, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he just put me in his mindset of he had to go back to his roots. You know what I'm saying? And then again, I go back to it. Like, when you meet Emery, which is his partner, you know, he just got out and did 10, it all makes sense. Somebody ain't lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So th- that's there's that. I feel him on that. Um, in that realm, like, I really felt, be legit. Because to me, Bila, Bila is not, he's not an MC. He's just a cat. You could tell he had his hands in the in the dirt a little bit, but he 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 was running around with E40 and he was saying some real shit. And you're like, damn, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So to me, like he was just one of those guys I really like, okay, feel. Um, and that was the from the hustling aspect. Feel. Who else would I say I felt? Um on on the artist level, it's 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 because I rarely rock with a few. Um, I felt I felt Andre three thousand. Hell yeah, I felt him. He was smart. I felt that like he he was smarter than he looked. You know what I'm saying? He was more creative than we thought. I felt that. Um, what does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals. 
Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order. Usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market. Dot com slash thrivemarket.com slash On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It was one point, you know, I'd never been to college. I didn't know what it's like to be a college dropout. I was one point in Kanye's career, I was like, yo, he's fucking different. Um, who else as far as Phil? Um, one more good one. Hmm. Jadakiss. Hmm. I really like Jadakiss. I really felt like Jadakiss I mean, just, he, he, I never been to Yonkers like that unless I went to Sue's Rendezvous, but he made you feel like, <laughs> he made you feel like he was in that thing. You know what I mean? Like his voice, fuck, his voice is uh, incredible. Tell me, shit, like, <laughs> t- t- y'all, got, y'all got Magic City, so you know, you good. Yeah, you yeah. good, you good. Tell me about your show. Your po- you, it's, a, it's a podcast. Well, actually, I have, I have two. So I have a podcast, Shouts Out to Charlemagne the God, um, that we partner with Black Effect to do to support the album. It's called the Recession Podcast, and it basically talks about real things, real life, um, real people problems. And my last guest was Freeway from from uh, from, from from Rockefeller, and we talked, and you know he explained to me how he. Um, went through his kidney failure and what the process was like to get another kidney and a dialysis. And then in the same conversation about losing his son tragically and having to donate his son's organs to save somebody else's son's life. And at the same time, talking to me, his daughter's to the right of him and she's 12, 13 years old and she just been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm going, dog, how are you dealing with all this? And he looked at me and he said, it's simple. I have faith and I, I, I trust in Allah. Somebody needs to hear that. He's bigger than the music. He had hits. We love it. I love Freeway. But I didn't know he was that strong. I didn't know he was that real. I didn't know he was dealing with all that on his own without, you know, he's telling me about coming off, to, off stage and going straight to get to the dialysis machine to, 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 to treat his blood. And like, you know, you hearing all this and you like, people are complaining about Instagram filters. And, 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 and how many followers they got? 
You know what I'm saying? This is real life. Um, my first guest was Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? Somebody that I always was like, I really want to have a conversation with him. And we made it happen. And my first thing to him was like, yo, Tony, what the world need? What do we need more of? And it's, it was simple. Compassion. And I'm like, I never thought about it like that. But my people needs to hear me talking to somebody else with a different perspective that only I can have that type of conversation with because I motivated some thugs. He motivated some people. Now we coming together just trying to see how we can figure it out on our own. How is it for you interviewing folks when for so long you've been on the other side? Well, I didn't do well in interviews at first because I felt like I was being interrogated. <laughs> so I <feel> like, <laughs> like that. I'm like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> what album? <laughs> like, what album? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but like I said again, from what we were talking about in the beginning, I always like to ask people about what they went through, what happened, how did you do it, why did you do it, you know what I'm saying? Who was in your corner when you nobody else was there? Who do you believe? Did you still believe in yourself? So it makes it easier because of the type of conversations that we have, and I'm intrigued by it because I told you in the beginning I'm fascinated with adversity. I really am. Like, I really like to hear how you got that shit done. So this, to me, goes hand in hand because I'm talking to them about real things. You know what I'm saying? On any level, but it's like, damn, okay? I just want to hear it because I, I, it makes me go harder and it also makes me understand, you know, when I went through things and I got my trauma with things I went through and I feel like nobody felt me, but actually they did because everybody got their own stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? You just got to ask them. You know, I don't want to know if 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 you're so successful. Like, how does it feel to be successful? Like, what am I gonna get out of that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. But if you ask somebody, like, damn, I mean, like, you know, how how was it? You know, Steve Harvey was one of my first guests on on the on the um on, on worth the conversation, which comes on Fox Soul um, on Wednesday nights. And he was my first guest, and my last guest was John C. Maxwell. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but is is that diverse of a group? Because it's like we got to get it all. We got to get a little bit from here, a little bit from here, and that's what I'm saying. Is how you packaged. Everybody can't put that. You but know, it in, in goes two back. Weeks. But it goes back to what you said before about you want to have conversations that benefit you, that you can take something correct. of value away from, correct. and not just yapping. Right. Correct. 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 So you're giving that to the people, mm, giving that to the culture, baby. It's all theirs. They can have it. You know. And, and it's crazy, too, because I get calls sometimes, like, from people I don't expect, like, yo, that was dope, man. I just really never, you know what I'm saying? And for me, it's just like, it's who I am. If you sit down at a table with me and we have a dinner, I'm going to ask you some questions. I want to know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to see. I got to know who I'm dealing with. Who are you dying to have on the show? I really want to talk to Barack. I do. I, I feel that it's crazy that I've sat down with Joe Biden before I sat down with Barack. And I don't know if you know, like right before when my president came out, right before he won, and then he did win. He invited me to a um uh, uh course uh, uh, to to a dinner in L.A. I mean in in New York, and you know I went out and bought a Tom Ford suit, got my my crew clean, everybody, and we get there, and the Secret Service tell me that I can't come in, and that just rubbed me the wrong way from that time, and then he shouted me out of the correspondence dinner. A couple months later, when he was like, my first term, I sang Al Green. My second term, I'm going Young Jeezy. And I'm like, okay, well, he sees me. 
but he didn't. Why he didn't, didn't they let you in? I mean, you know, my past is my past. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, you might know what. And then he invited a lot of artists to the White House. And I'm like, damn, like, how I'm not on that list? I know my man Ross was in there with a whole leg monotone. I'm like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm I'm like, wow. Um, but, you know, I feel like we got to have a conversation at some point. It has to happen. It has to, and it got to be real. It got to be organic. And it, and it got to be us sitting down um, just with the meeting of the minds, man. You know, just 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 out of respect. And as men, because I feel like that's a conversation that um, the struggle would love to see. What do you, you want know? to ask him? What's, what's, what's one thing you want to ask him? I, mean, I definitely want to ask him, how did he go? And this is personal for me. How did he go two terms, eight years in office without any scandal? That, that 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 speaks of integrity to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like nothing ever came up. And I'm just like, damn, is he that good? Like, what, what you know what I mean? It's like, that's already a, it's like when you meet somebody and they have friends for 20 years and they got a lot of them and they all say the same thing, you got to know that's a good person. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it's, it's, it's been tested. It's been proven. And he's been tested and proven in that space and he didn't drop the ball and you still haven't heard anything about that. His family is still intact. And they still move as a unit. So even if they didn't help the economy as much as we thought they should or what people said, just their unity alone changed the culture. Because if you look at hip hop culture now, everybody wants to show you their wife. Everybody wants to show you their life and their kids. That happened after them. It wasn't like that before. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It wasn't yeah, like I, that. I definitely thought that them um, making a big deal to go on dates. Right. right? And like like that was that was, that was really valuable. And like... Look, you know I'm super busy. Right. Still making that time every once in a while to right. focus on my wife, take her to a Broadway play, whatever, whatever. And like, I know you're busy doing your job or whatever, but like, you know, every once in a while, make sure you take a bit, take her, you know, something. And you know, I always thought that was really powerful. Um, when you talk about being a black man um, trying to survive, mm. and I feel like one of the biggest things that is fucking with our whole community is the war on drugs. Not the Mm. drugs, the Mm. war on drugs, right? Mm. And the way the police and the criminal justice system come down on us. Mm. And I feel Mm. like the only way that we're actually going to move forward is to legalize drugs, right? Mm. So that, and that would, I, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, but I think that would end the underground market because the underground market would not be able to compete on a price to risk ratio if there's an above ground market that that has excellent prices and doesn't have to worry about you know risk of losing arrest indictment what have you what do you think about uh the idea of legalizing and then ending that whole underground market that has been such a part of your life uh, it's hard to say because, um, you know, going to Amsterdam and visiting there and asking questions, you know, um, they don't have a lot of violence, you know, they don't have a lot of problems. Everybody there is pretty laid back and, you know, it's, it's, it's a different scenery, you know, you like, damn, like, you know, a lot of things are legal out there, um, but also as a part of their culture too. With us, I just don't know how that works 
when people are so used to, um, you know, being able to have the supply and demand because that's what makes the money because there's no supply. So you have to get it on the black market and that's how you actually make the money. And it's crazy to me that you say that because, you know, I would love to see, um, like say for instance, if you go to Los Angeles and you walk into dispensaries, then people like us, they own that. And that was our trade. So that's the part that makes me go, mm, like what happens when we legalize it? Not to say that it shouldn't be. And then they take control of it because when I wanted something to smoke, I used to go around the corner to my auntie house. You feel what I'm saying? But now you can go up the street. And, 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 but if we and, legalize right. it, right. it'll be fewer of us, fewer raids, less police hanging over the hood, fewer mm-hmm. of us going away true, just true, for true, true, having true. a bag. Okay, well, I'm looking at the business of it. So let me let me retract. Let me rewind, fast forward and a little bit. I think the whole reform thing is amazing because I have people that have done plenty of time and I never thought that I would be in a position to help someone get their time cut. It's like never unheard of. I do think for a lot of these crimes, they give out too much time. Um, I think that, you know, if that's the way you're looking at it, I think that you're absolutely right because, you know, that would cut back. But on, on people just doing 20 years for something they could have done two for because now it's legal. And it happens in Atlanta right now because it's just like a lot of people that was on probation uh, had these cases for, for small marijuana charges. Now you can't do certain things like get a job, go vote, you know, all these different things. So they kind of box you in. That doesn't make sense to me. So if that's the way you're looking at it, I, I, I actually agree. But the thing is, um, and we're talking about weed is what you're saying, right? That's, that's, that's- I mean, for a lot of people, they say, let's, let's legalize marijuana, right? right? And, and I think that that would, I mean, the war on drugs arrests more people for marijuana than anything else. So I think that would right. have a massive impact on the police presence in the hood, you know, the police attacking people, um, whether or not they really think they're drug dealers or, or, or drug possessors or not. The, you know, the the incarceration, the length, all those sort of things. I go a little further in terms of I personally think people should be able to put pretty much whatever they want in their body. If you want to do cocaine, that's your choice. We don't want you to then, you know, go get in a car on cocaine. But, you know, but if you can be in your house, right. s- sniff your lines Keep it to yourself. Maintain Damn, your job. Real. You know, not fuck up <laughs> yeah. the world. Not go get in a fight. If you go do some cocaine and get in a fight, then right. we're going to s- cite you for being in a fight. But, you know, like, you can drink alcohol. I, I think I think what we should do is have that whole conversation where we can just really sit down and chop it up because I got so many questions. I'm not saying... Well, I'm just like... I... I, I I I don't I don't know my position on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I never thought about it that far. Um, but when you said legalize, I, I was thinking marijuana. Now you talking about, we talk about mar- mainly most people are talking about marijuana. I just think that the police attack on black and brown communities right. is having a greater negative effect 
on right. us, on America, but specifically right. on our communities, than the drugs have ever had, right? right. Ad- addiction is less of a problem than over-policing in the hood and over-incarceration and over-criminalization um, to where then people, you know, like can't be with their families in public housing when they are separated because they're in prison because they can't vote, right. you know, because right, right. you, you, even if you do a little, a little bid and now you can't get a job, so now what are you going to do? This is you, you trapped it's in the cycle. So if it's we can, if we can end that, right, it's some, a cycle. Some people are gonna deal with addiction, you know, and, and 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 you know, and we need to be able to help them get out of addiction and not stigmatize addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather risk that, you know, because a lot of people will be able to smoke. There's a lot, a lot of people at all levels of society who smoke a joint or sniff yeah, I, a line. I've seen, seen that going in the, in, in the dispensary. Like it's, it's, it's people you wouldn't think. It's regular working people, you know, it's different, you know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, I, I, that's something I haven't thought about, but you, you, you have a point on as far as like how we're stereotyped and how we're, we're sought out and how we're pulled over and how we're, you know, interrogated our cars to check because they think that we might have contraband and how, you know, you know, on all those things. And it's just like, I feel personally like, you know what I'm saying? Let's get out of what we in now and figure that part out because there's so many other things going on. It's like, you don't want to, you feel what I'm saying? It's like, it's a lot. You know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, if there was legal shops, whatever the pipeline is that went from Mexico to Atlanta, that led to 11 year old Jeezy. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know what your name was at that time, but 11 year old Jeezy getting in the game. Right. That would not have existed. Mm. And do you think, knowing the scope of your life, do you think your life would be better if that avenue had not existed and you hadn't had to go through the road and the pain, uh, you know, plus, you know, but also, you know, the money? Because if you were working at McDonald's like Calvin, you would not have made, right. you know, the many thousands you made to be able to be a CEO and all this sort of things and take care of mom the way you did. And so... Mm-hmm. Look, if you know, looking back, if we could have made drugs legal and that avenue was not available to you at all, because if you were right. a white boy in the suburbs, that avenue is not available. It's right. not happening, right? So, what what do you think about that? Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I would have changed a thing. You know what I'm saying? I really don't, because I, I learned so much, and everything I went through was valuable for me, and the doors that I opened. Um, that I was able to open because of the things that I went through would have probably been closed for a lot of people. And the fact that I was able to do that with the small resources that I was given, um, not to say I didn't, I didn't hurt people or, you know, do things that were foul on the come up, but, um, I don't, I don't, I think the circumstances were different for me and, 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 and it's going back to that immigrant mindset. I don't think I would be as strong as I am. I don't think I would be as open-minded as I am. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I think I would be sheltered and not understand how the world works. And I probably would walk out here every day like the world owes me something and it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that'll make me, that'll, that'll put me in a position where I would be weak-minded in, in things that came at me would would break me, you know what I'm saying? Would would make me fold, and and that's not who I am, 
And that's that adversity thing again. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't, it didn't come to me. I had to go get it. And I had to figure out how to get it. You know, it's that ant mentality. I don't give I don't give a hell where you at. If some ants want some food, it could be, it could be. We coming. You're on top of the cabinet. You we coming. Yo, we going. <laughs> one of the most incredible things I ever heard of, um, after Hurricane Katrina, you opened your house and you had people who were suffering, were victims from that, living in your house. Yes. Um, Talk about yeah. why you did that and how that experience played out for you. Because, uh, I, I mean, that's that. You know, people talk about that shit and they uh, don't usually live that. Uh, and, uh, you know, th that's incredible. I mean, for me, um, Hurricane Katrina was real. New Orleans is a real city. I love New Orleans. Hell and yeah. at the time, um, in Houston as well, and I'm going to tell you how, how they call it. Like what was happening was a lot of people that I knew, and even in Atlanta, um, what was happening was people were coming from New Orleans because they didn't have anywhere to go. And if you know anything about New Orleans, like it's, it's, it's a different city. So the good and the bad were coming. And I actually lost two, three friends from people that came from New Orleans during that. And they was here doing a lot of robbing and killing. And um, I lost like two friends doing that. And um, I was on tour at the time. And, you know, some people hit me that I knew. It was like, yeah, I got some people that need somewhere to stay. And I was just like, you know, I'm on tour, like the career wide open, like, you know, however, whatever, just, you know, just make sure they good, make sure they straight. So it wasn't nothing that I was doing um, for, 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 for public acknowledgement, it was me saying, I'm on tour and I'm not going to be back for five, or six months. And I don't mind if somebody stayed at the house. How you know many people were at the house? Um, maybe eight, if I think, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, it was cool. It was like, not, not the sense of the word, it's just like, that's who I am at heart. It, it could have been more because I, I never was there. I was, I was on tour. I was going around the world. So it was more so like, whatever y'all need, whatever I could do, you know, you know, I, I'm gonna do what I can do from from here. You know what I'm saying? And um, for me, and people ask me about that, and I I just never really thought about it as anything other than noble. You know what I'm saying? Like I never really thought it was a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was more so like, you know, and I'm like that with anybody. Like you know, it, it, it was one point the whole hood was living with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody, mamas, cousins, brothers. You know what I mean? It was like whatever. You know, but that's who I am. You know, if you can get this shirt off my back. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, something depending on how I'm feeling, you can get my shoes too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are some of your uh, goals for the next five years? Next five um, is to push the envelope. That's my first goal. Cover men's health magazine too. I'm going for that. <laughs> but um, to, 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 to push the envelope on what's like, I, I, I watched what Steve Harvey did, you know? I seen what Tony Robbins did. Um, I watched what, you know, um, you know, Arthur Blank has done in the city. Um, I these different people, but it's just like, there's no one that looks like myself and that talks like me that are in any of those positions, you know? And my goal in the next five is to get closer to that as possible by opening new doors and doing new things that people stereotype us not to be able to do because we're supposed to be one way. 
So everything I've done, everything I've been doing, even with my album, the way I'm going about it, that ain't typical, especially at a time like this. We all know the formula. I want to be different. Dare to be different. I want to go farther. I want to achieve more. I want to you know, push some boundaries. I want to do things that when people look back and say, like, wow, like Jeezy really opened the door for us here. Um, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be the guy to go run up the hill first and check it out and then come back down and tell you it's cool. Y'all can come on up. One of the things that you did during the 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 pandemic, quarantine and all that, got engaged. Are yes. y'all working on a wedding? Are you talking about getting married next year or are you going to postpone that till we can have a real in-person thing again? Um, I would love to. You know, I, I love people. I love my family. You know what I'm saying? I love, um, you know, outings and, and, and everybody get together and dance and have a good time. So, you know, given the circumstances, it it, it, it is kind of weird that you can't really move, you know, fast about it. But, you know, it, it's coming definitely soon. Yeah. Maybe next year? Um, yeah. You know, you can ask her, but I'm quite sure, yeah. <laughs> 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 you see elaborate on it, you know. I try, I just, I just try to stay in my lane, you know. <laughs> stay yeah, out the way. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I'm, you know, right. I'm married. She, she did, she did most of the planning. She wanted me to be involved to a certain extent, to where you know, you don't just leave this on me. You're involved right, in the right, two, right, 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 but I'm doing right. most of it because I want it to be my vision. What, what the thing about it is, we a team. You know what I'm saying? We 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 locked in when it comes to that. And it's just like, you know, I, I'm I'm a teammate. You know what I'm saying? I play, you know, the win, and it's just dope to even be able to have those conversations with somebody that smart and, and, and that on top of their game and and that has a vision like yourself. So, you know, I'm quite sure to be extravagant and, and and um, you know, something something that, you know, we probably never forget forever. So I'm I'm curious to see what she come with. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting my little you know what I mean? Yeah. Move it. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm going to work on my dance moves. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you something, man. You you know, I know uh I know you got the firepower. What's your favorite gun? Oh, man. Um FNH, got to keep that. Um and um you know, I got the new mini ARs. I like those. Um but you know, back in the day, it was the Glock. <laughs> I rapped about it every day. You know, the Glock forty. That was like my, you know what I mean. And um, I think that's it. Like you know, you really don't want to do those uh uh, uh those uh, uh uh what do they call them um uh the the, the baby AKs like those. I, I don't know what that's for. That's like you know the the Draco. It's just like it's confusing. <laughs> you know why the why the Glock? Why was that your favorite? Um, it just it, it just symbolized it just symbolized safe to me. It's just like it's black, it's solid. Um, it has a dope case. You can lock it up. It, it just came the way it came. And you know, I always been a, a a defense person. Like I'm about protecting me and my family, and the people I love. So it, it ain't nothing that you brandish. It's nothing that you you. It's not for that. It's to protect. You know what I'm saying? And I just you know, I just feel like it was something um this this um dependable. And plus, you got that hair trigger, so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out easy, right? <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> what is your what's your superpower? What is the thing that you do better than other people that has led to the success that you've had? Think, think. I'm, I'm a thinker. Like, like I, what, 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 
I visualize things, you know, and, and there's a lot of times I can be sleep and see something play out. You know what I'm saying? Or I can be still and watch something play out and understand what I need to do to, to make that play out. And, and, and this used to scare me at first, but I had to embrace it. Like I knew I would be here doing music and doing what I'm doing. Now. I, I saw that a long time ago, like a long, like, like, you know, when I was in my, you know, I was in my teens, I knew that I would be doing something like this and that I, and it's crazy. Like, I swear to you, like, I saw myself, I see it all the time, myself, and you talking about somebody who came from like icy watches, big chains, and da-da-da, and all crazy shit. And I used to be like, I used to sit and I used to visualize myself being in a dope suit, sitting in the chair with a clean watch with no diamonds, talking to people that was important. I saw that way back then. I mean, even how I knew I was gonna wear the suits, Prince, mock necks, you know what I'm saying? Like, I saw that. You know what I'm saying? Back then. And, 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 and I watch it play out every day. You know, I knew that I would talk to um, people of influence and I knew that I wouldn't have to change myself to talk to them. I just had to get there. So I visualize a lot of things. Like I visualize um, when I made my first album, like I understood, like I was like, yo, Jay-Z has to be on my first album. And I didn't know Jay personally, but when, when the person who signed me, Kevin Lyles, left Def Jam, um, I'm walking through the walking through the corridor, and I see a Maybach pull up and walking into the Def Jam building, and the door gets out, door opens, and he gets out. It's Jay Z. He like Jeezy. I'm like, yo, what up? And he like, come on, let's walk upstairs. I'm the new president, by the way. I go. Oh shit. <laughs> you feel me? Like it's those moments where you like, damn, like all of it come full circle. And even with this, like this project, when I came to do it, I knew I had to talk to my people, for my people, and I had to elevate them in a way, but I already saw the other components coming together for me to be able to do that. And that took me, you know, working on myself and doing things differently so that they'll take me seriously. But I saw that, I, I saw what the packaging looked like. I saw what the theme was. I saw what I felt, I, I saw that before I went into it. And that's that's when I know I'm doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's my superpower. Word, Isn't word, it? word. Um, yo, what's, um, you had money, some money coming up, right. but uh, you had a lot of it as an adult. What is the good thing? What is the best thing about having money, what does that give you? It, it's, it's money is a tool. It's a tool, and, and if you what I what I started realizing is like money is supposed to give you experiences. You know what I'm saying? Money is supposed to take you places you couldn't go if you didn't have it. As far as like vacationing and 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 and, and not having you know certain stresses about um, things that you got to do for your family. But what I did learn is, is, is it's a tool and it's not happiness. You know what I'm saying? It's not. If, you, if you're not happy and you get money, you're just going to be a rich, unhappy person. It's not going to change anything because it's like anything else you get over, you get over it. And the more of it you got, the more toxic it can become if you're not mentally stable or mentally strong. So for me, when I learned it was a tool and I understood that, it just made me appreciate life more because I'd rather be able to go 
take my family to see an experience than to just go buy something they don't need because I have the money. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather, you know, put my mom and be able to take care of her. Um, and so she wouldn't have to work at a certain age and just to make sure she's good and she has the things that she need in life, you know, the 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 the, the things that she needs to maintain rather than to go buy her, you know, some things that she don't need. You know what I'm saying? Me, myself, personally, I'd rather know that I don't have anything to worry about than to just go, you know, squander things off when I know, you know, real estate is the way. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a tool, you know what I mean? And once you, and it shouldn't change who you are as a person. Because, you know, some people get money and lose their mind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God, like, I'm rich. You got to listen to me. I'm like, no, man, you're rich, but you're ignorant. Like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It sounds crazy to me, man. <laughs> you know? Ah, that was great. Thanks so much to Jeezy for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle, Brenda Cox, Kathy F., Keena Murphy, and Earl Dorsey. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. We're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. <laughs>